there's this resonance between the gospel of John and what, what John tells us about what Jesus did and the whole of the scriptures, including this passage from the very beginning of the scriptures, that God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. This is gospel. This is good news, that the world in which we live is very, very good. Now, the gospel of creation, the good news of creation, uh, then provides a space of hospitality for us as human creatures. And we human creatures have uh, very good news. We have the good news of culture, the gospel of God's instruction for us, God giving to us a task, a task that calls us, this everything that is very good, we are to work and we are to keep it. We are to cherish it and nurture it. We are to work it and open up its possibilities. This too is the good news. Now this gospel of culture, of course we we read and we read back through the reality that this good creation of God has been vandalized. So, you know, it's like uh, my neighbor in the, in the alleyway where my car is parked puts up a beautiful wooden fence and uh, the weekend is not over and some punk kid has come and, you know, put a Nazi symbol spray-painted on this beautiful wooden fence. And so... Um, and this is a perennial problem we have in, in our alleyway where my, where my car is parked. It's still a good wall. But it's a good wall with graffiti on it. It's been vandalized. And so we have to recognize that this world, while yet very good, has been vandalized. And so this is why Jesus has to be central also to our cultural engagement. Because this is a broken world for, for which Jesus has had to die. But that's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the good news with regard to culture either. Because given that Jesus has died and given that Jesus has been resurrected, we have this hope and this promise that this very good creation and our work, our cultural work in this very good creation will eventually be given new room beyond the bounds of sin to flourish. And even our work will eventually be carried into God's purposes for this creation. Another thing that we evangelicals have uh, got badly wrong over the last hundred years or so is the notion that um, this doesn't matter. That matter doesn't matter. That, That this material world somehow is something that God does not care for. And that our eternal destiny is as kind of floaty phantasms in some spiritual realm without skin and bones. And that is not so. Gospel Christians, Orthodox believers throughout the ages have confessed the resurrection of the body and the renewal of the world. And we have, uh, we confess every time we chew bread and every time we drink, what do you drink? Grape juice. That, that these things are what God is renewing. And that God's eventual plan is for this earth, 
these material things, our resurrected bodies, to give God glory. And for our cultural efforts, our culture making, our piano playing, our clothes wearing, and our food growing, is eventually to be carried into God's renewed earth, a creation regained, to quote the title of a book I love. We find eventually that we live in a world which is like a city, a well-ordered community, a city that has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. And these kings, these leaders of culture, will bring into God's eternal city the glory and honor of the nations. If you look for the resonance of this from the Apocalypse of John to earlier prophetic literature, you can read something like Isaiah 60, by far one of my favorite passages in the scriptures, as it portrays for us God's future and all kinds of human cultural effort being drawn into, magnetically drawn into God's future because of the presence of Jesus. And Jesus draws towards himself our efforts at commerce, our efforts in politics, our love for our children, drawn to this city we come with our cultural efforts in hand. Now this gospel of the future of our cultural efforts can sometimes feel a little overwhelming. You know, in the particular Christian tradition in in which I've read, there's a little phrase that we use. We quote an old dead Dutchman uh, from the 19th century who says, there is not a piece of the planet as big as skin on your thumb over which Jesus does not say, this is mine. This is mine. This is mine. Not a thumbprint patch of all of reality that Jesus does not claim. And then we say, well, if that is so, then we've got to get to work. And we have to get to work in every arena of human effort to bring glory to God in everything that we do. And then we get really, really tired. Because this is like a big job. And so the gospel is that, no, we don't have to change the world. It is a gospel for everyday life. When we want to make culture to the glory of God, when we want to live out of the redemption of Christ, because really, folks, we don't redeem culture. It's the work of Christ that is redemptively about in the world, through the Spirit. And we follow along and we do what we find to do in that hope of redemption. We don't craft the New Jerusalem with our hands. It comes to us as a gift from God. But we do these things because we are called to do them. We build houses and we live in them. We plant gardens and eat their produce. We take wives, husbands. We have sons and daughters. We take wives for our sons and we give our daughters in marriage. A few more years yet, Lord. That they may bear sons and daughters. We multiply. Here we find ourselves in these cultures. And we do not decrease. And here we seek the welfare of the cities where the Lord has sent us. 
And we pray to the Lord on behalf of this Toronto. For in its welfare, we will find our welfare as gospel people. The gospel of for cultural engagement is a gospel of everyday life, everyday activities. Rooting around in the dirt outside your apartment and uh, falling in love and uh, praying for the mayor, praying for the garbage collectors, whether or not they're on strike. Seek the welfare of the city. This is not just an Old Testament good news. This is a good news throughout the scriptures. Um, I love this way of saying what Romans 12 says. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. So really culture making, you know, you know, when you read a big book about changing the world, it might freak you out. You might listen to a talk about pop culture and culture making, and you might ask yourself, am I going to be a rock star? And if I'm not a rock star, you know, am I really making culture? Am I going to get elected to parliament? Um, What if I'm, you know, not any big deal? The gospel for culture is gospel for us ordinary people in our ordinary lives. But all of these things matter intensely. Every breath we breathe belongs to God. Every heart beat that our hearts beat is a gift from God. How then can what I do this morning when I wake up, my travel from Hamilton to Toronto, not be worship of God? Inclined to Him or rejecting of Him? Everything we do. Now if that is so, then uh, what are we to do? And here are some uh, uh, gathered hints for living out of the gospel in our cultural context. Wendell Berry uh, is probably one of my wife's favorite novelists. And uh, he also writes all kinds of essays and occasionally writes a poem. And uh, this line is at the end of one of his poems. Practice resurrection. I think this is the starting place for us in our cultural engagement. Is that we are to be Easter people. We are people who are to live day by day by day as we you know, mix the muesli or make the oats or take our children by the hand to the primary school past the crossing guards. We are to be living out of the resurrection. These ordinary acts are hopeful and meaningful because Jesus lives. So let's remind of that. You know, every Easter, uh, churches around the world uh, say this. Uh, The leader of the liturgy says, Christ is risen, and the people respond, he is risen indeed. So, Christ is risen. And our very next breaths come out of that confession. So the place to start with cultural engagement is to practice resurrection, because nothing has meaning if Jesus does not live. But if Jesus lives, we live forever. And so the works of our hands as they offer to him in service and sacrifice. Now, if we live 
out of resurrection, then we are people who don't forge our own paths in the world. We don't um, make things happen. We are people who listen. We listen for the call of God, and then we respond to that call. So that our cultural efforts are not efforts to build the new Jerusalem. They are efforts at receiving the gift of God as talents and making of that what we can. Most of the previous visits that I've had here at Tyndale, I've spoken about this vocation and listening to hear God calling. The place to start in our cultural engagement is to hear the call of God, first of all, to himself, and then to a particular life that holds a particular job. This is difficult for me. I'm a planner. I make 10-year plans. Um, My wife laughs at them, but she does not scoff. And my 10-year plans never work out. Three years ago, I remember, I knew I was done with what I was supposed to be doing in a particular workplace. And I desperately uh, had to move on to whatever I had to do next. And so I started polishing up my CV and doing Google searches for places where I could go and work. And I sat down with a friend of mine, a wise, wise man. And I said to him, you know, I've I've got to move on. And he said, "Uh, why don't you just sit down? Uh, for a moment, cease your Google searching and, um, uh, and pray and wait. Give God a little bit of room to, to call you. And for 18 months, God tested my patience uh, sorely. Um, and then I was called. Five different positions. And given the gift eventually of being able to say to my wife, let's weigh these options. God has given us options. And let us see where the Lord takes us. But we must wait and listen and hear God call. Our culture making comes out of our listening to the call of God. I am sure Andy spoke to you about the cultivation of your craft. Did he say the phrase 10,000 hours? Ha, right. If God has called you, then what you do, you don't just do so that you have some cash in the pocket for the weekend. Every moment you spend at work is done to the glory of God. And so you must learn how to do it as if to the glory of God. And that means cultivating your craft. Learning to do that to which the Lord has called you well. And that is practice. Practice, practice, practice. Finding good mentors, studying with them, and learning to do things well. Well, given that you had Andy here, I won't say anything more about that. But as you cultivate your craft, seeking to make some culture in some setting band together. You know, um, one of the astounding things uh, that the scriptures teach us is that we are not alone. And we are not on our own in our relationship with God, but we are part of a people, the people of God. We are members of a body, the body of Christ, and we do not have to do everything ourselves. So we are to band together with others who have similar vocations to us 
and we are to band together with others who have different vocations from us to seek to make culture in various areas. Here you are an example of it. A community of the people of God gathered together to study, to pay attention to the world that God has made in the light of the word that God has spoken. You have older students that you call professors and you have younger students and you come together as a community to learn and to learn from one another. This is an example of banding together for a particular kind of culture making. I've been given the gift of finding such bands all through my life. I've never played in a musical band, but I've played in a labor union band of 55,000 people coming together to ask themselves in labor relations, what does it mean to be the people of God? I've had the privilege of working with the Carter's think tank uh, based in Hamilton, small community of maybe 10, 15 people who have asked themselves and who are asking themselves together, how are we to refresh the social architecture of Canada from the perspective of the gospel? I now have the gift of moving down to Washington, D.C., working for possibly the tiniest think tank on the planet, the Center for Public Justice, tiny band of people who for 30 years now have been cultivating a community of people who ask themselves, if we are to seek justice as people of God, what does that look like? If we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, what does it look like to be citizens of the United States of America? How do we live that out? We have to band together. Again, from Wendell Berry, we have to plant sequoias. We have to do our culture making as though we might have grandchildren. We are to bake bread. We are to drink tea. We are to shoot hoops and we are to dance. For tomorrow we live. Culture making is not just about the big serious stuff of politics and pop culture. It's about the small delights and comforts of life. It's about drinking tea right. It's about drinking coffee to the glory of God. It's about looking in your makeup bag and finding, oh, a burning bush, the presence of God. (laughs) One of the things that I get to do uh, in the magazine that I edit is I get to to work with people who try and work that out. Uh, My friend uh, Jenny Simmons who's trying to eat well to the glory of God despite uh, her uh, illness. Uh, My friend Christina Crook, who tries to dress her brand new baby in such a way that this child will grow up dressing imaginatively to the glory of God. Uh, My children and others, uh, about 75 of them, Uh, wearing only one dress throughout October to remind themselves that they are to dress simply and modestly and yet imaginatively. And then finally, so we are Easter people and Christ is risen and we are to make culture out of that. Jesus has already had the victory, but it's not all done yet. And so between now and when he comes again, we can laugh because we know the final outcome. But as we laugh, let us have tears streaming down our faces. 
because there is much yet that is broken, much yet that must be healed. And as we make culture, let us make culture in such a way that we can also bind up the wounds of our neighbors, give them a cup of water to drink. Thank you.